and welcome to the Hoosie Podcast with me, Phil. And me, Paul. Yes, Phil and Paul, the Burton Ernie of the <laughs> podcasting world. <laughs> and on this week's show, we'll be doing our review of The Power of Three. Uh, but first, there's... Well, we've actually said discussed it before, and there's quite a bit of news to get through this week, isn't there? Yes. Yes. Now, obviously, the big news that came up during the week was the sort of sad and shocking news that uh, Janet Fielding, as you know, as Tegan um, from Doctor Who, is battling cancer. Um, yeah, it's just a bit of a, a bit of a shock, really. It is. It's, it seems to be something that we're getting a lot of news on yeah. recently. Which yeah. I suppose it's just probability in terms of yeah, and it's not, how many people. Yeah, it's not the kind of news you want to be discussing, really, is it? No, but then if there's some good, she obviously wants to try and make a difference. And yes, that's it. That's it. Um, so good to her for yeah, because of course she's uh, during the week she's now on Twitter. Yes, uh, along with uh, Peter Davison as well. And um, basically, what sort of like she's she's doing, and in, in as you, could probably, you could probably say in typical Janet Fielding style, she's sort of. Uh, Take, taking this on the chin and, and um, fighting it every step of the way. So what she's done, uh, with the help of a lot of um, other ex-doctors as well, she's launching or has launched a charity fundraising convention called Project Motormouth. Now, this was going to be, or is going to be, in uh, January next year, 19th of January. And the people who are, are sort of Listed to appear so far as David Tennant, Peter Davison, Colin Baker, Sylvester McCoy, and Paul McGann. That's quite a good lineup, isn't it? Yes. However, the tickets are sold out. Sold out. Yeah. yeah there, there were only three hundred tickets um, available, so it was quite a small and quite intimate convention, actually. Yeah. Probably been very, very good. I mean, the, the tickets were a hundred pound. It was quite, it was quite steep, but all, it was BBC scale. It is, yeah. But all of the money is going to the charity. Yeah, which is a good thing. So you know, none of the um, no money's going to pay for actors' fees or anything like that. So one hundred percent going to the charity. So it's a good thing. However, the um, DWO or Doctor Who Online have still got their um, Just Giving page. If you want to give any money um, to help in the fight against cancer, the link is still on our um, on our website. So please head over to that. I don't think many people have actually contributed to that yet. I don't know if many people know it's there. Um, I don't actually know how much the DWO have uh, actually advertised it themselves. No idea. Yeah. But uh, but please, you know, if you're uh, if you're absolutely sick to death of hearing about people getting this awful disease, then you know, please uh, please give. Okay, some other news now. So hopefully, hopefully, some more um, lighter news. There's a new boss at the BBC. Yeah. Yeah, it's been announced this week, um, and it's George Entwistle. And he's the uh, the fifteenth director general who's taken over from Mark Thompson. Apparently, he's going on to the be the the chief executive officer of the New York Times Company. Right, that's yeah. interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Change of scenery there. Yeah, just a bit. Just a bit. Um, however, it does appear that um, George Entwistle is a fan of Doctor Who, and it does appear it's going to be quite safe under under his uh, tenure. Yeah, I mean, as, as, as long as the ratings stay good, I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, in an interview with the um, Radio Times, he said that um, markets uh, should be built around major pieces of BBC content such as Top Gear, Doctor Who, and Dancing with the Stars, or Strictly Come Dancing, as we as we know it in the UK. Because um, we were talking about that before, I remember when Dancing with the Stars is the global brand. Yeah. Yeah. But it is interesting if you're saying about, you know, that, it is about the global brand rather than suggest that it is about what makes money rather than mm. what is good television. Yeah, that's it. Um, they also went on to not, say... Not that I'm saying any of those oh. programmes aren't good television, but... Well, no. I mean, say what you like about Top Gear. I, I do enjoy watching it, Yeah, to be honest. Um, and I'm a bit of a closet fan of uh, Strictly Come Dancing, if I'm, if I, if I'm honest. If not, now me closet the being the word there? <laughs> <laughs> No, I just think it's it's a about of all those sort of entertainment shows. I think it's probably the best one because the people on there you're actually watching them learning a new skill, yeah, rather than some little wannabe. <laughs> As opposed to watching people who have no skill. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Not learning anything. I'm talking about you, X Factor. <laughs> I thought you were going to say talking about you, Paul. Then. No. <laughs> 
Nah, bloody X Factor. Oh, oh dear. Um, anyway, George Whistle then also said in the Radio Times interview um, how he fell in love with television drama as a child while watching Doctor Who with his family. Um, he's quoted as saying, John Pertwee was my doctor, and he was a bit sceptical about the Tom Baker regeneration. So he, he goes back. He goes back a long way. Yeah. So uh, that's good. That's good news. So hopefully uh, the future of Doctor Who is safe under him. Yeah. So there we are. Now the next uh, little thing, again, it's sort of um, to do with uh, Doctor Who and people big and powerful. Stephen Moffat has been ranked 87 in the Media Guardian's top 100 of the industry's most powerful and influential people. Yes, we was having a chat about this and trying to work out who was Who's above, above and below. Really, gone yeah. through the list. We know yeah. he's above Lord Sugar. Well, there, there you are. See, which was interesting. interesting, considering what what's happened to this week's episode. <laughs> we couldn't work out why he was below Julian Fellows, could we? No, no. Um, now, if you don't know Julian Fellows, uh, writes Downton Abbey. That's one TV show he's been responsible for. I don't know if he's written anything else. I don't really care, to be honest. If he's just placed above Stephen Moffat just for the fact he writes Downton Abbey. I think he's actually thinking about I think he's something to do with the Conservative Party and whatever, isn't he? Um, oh, yes, he is. He's the right scripts for... What, for Thatcher? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> oh, dear, I wonder if any people know that. Or if the Guardian would have placed him quite... <laughs> well, I mean, no, but just in terms... I suppose in terms of his... Is it what influence he has. I yeah. suppose if he's got the ear of various politicians, that makes him... I reckon it's the, like the cold, icy hand of Ginger Baker. Yes. <laughs> if none of you don't know what that means, listen back to a few podcasts ago. Yes. <laughs> oh, dear. Right, OK, well, um, one thing we didn't uh, report on last week because we recorded so early in the morning... <clears throat> Was the so over- I got you out of bed, didn't yes, we? Yes, we did, yeah. <laughs> we we um, didn't report on the overnight uh, viewing figures uh, for the UK for A Town Called Mercy. And it got 6.6 million viewers. Yes. Which 29.1% of the total TV audience. That's not bad. No. That's not bad. I must say, it was following on from uh, the Strictly Come Dancing launch show, which got 8 million viewers. Uh, but so, so yeah, there's a lot of people then went out. But yeah, indeed, indeed. However, it, it, it was up against Red and Black, that Ant and Deck load of crap on ITV, <laughs> um, and that managed to attract 3.6 million viewers. Yeah, so, so it trounced that, trounced it, and so it should do. I mean, obviously, it's um, things like X Factor got nine million viewers, but even they're down on their audience figures as well, which is uh, which is a good thing. <laughs> Yes, as, as mentioned earlier. Yes, indeed. Um, where was Cal? Number nine, wasn't he? Yeah, in the, in the I media. Mean, Christ, if peddling old crap is gets you powerful in the sort of, and it makes you powerful, and influential in the media, my God, there's hope for us all. <laughs> um, now the the audience appreciation index for a town called Mercy was eighty five, slightly lower than, than the previous two episodes, but that's still pretty good, actually. Yeah, and you, these these things do tend to drop off. Yeah, as the series goes in, the mid series episodes are usually the hardest. I know it's only five episodes, but yeah. the mid series episodes tend to. It's, it is bizarre because we're getting five episodes, and we're treating as as mid series. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, a mid mid half series or mini series. It's just a bit. Yeah, it's a bit. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not too sure. I still, if I like these. Uh... Series breaks or not, but uh, I, I think five is too short. I think I think so. Yeah, it needed to be at least six. Well, obviously, six uh, seven, it's but... obviously a, a cost-saving exercise to to be able to put more episodes of Doctor Who on it in its anniversary year. Yeah, obviously. So, um, but we haven't got the um, audience figures or overnight UK audience figures for a pair of three yet because we're recording too damn early. <laughs> yes. So as usual, we'll, we'll bring them to you uh, sort of a week, a week behind. Uh, now, voting has opened for the 2013 National Television Awards, uh, and as usual, Doctor Who is up for three nominations. Uh, it's up for um, the drama category. Uh, Matt Smith 
is up for drama performance male and Karen Gillan is up for drama performance female. So, um, you can vote online. It's open to the, to the public. Um, so if you want to vote, um, head on over to their, to their website. We will um, put the link in the show notes if you, uh, if you care to do so. Uh, did, he, did he win last year? Uh, I can't remember, to be honest. Nor can I. Or was that another Waterloo Road triumph? <laughs> Maybe it will have been. <laughs> or it might have been a Sherlock triumph, I don't know. Oh, it might have been, yeah. Tends, tends to be it's one of those three, isn't it? Well, that's the thing, cause in the drama category, Doctor Who's up, ag- it's up against Sherlock, uh, Casualty, yeah. Holby City, Merlin, uh, Great Expectations, uh, Lewis, Whitechapel, Law and Order UK, and, oh, here it says that last year's winner was Downton Abbey. Right. Uh but that hasn't been quite so well received of late, has it, Downton Abbey? So mm, yeah, it, it, it's not riding on its. Oh, TV have actually done something that's not bad. Yeah, that it was riding on last year. I think it's last you year's know previous year's success, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. The novelty uh, factor of ITV doing a decent program is. <laughs> well, I I watched it. And I was. I mean, I didn't watch it really, but Joe, my wife, watches it, and um, I sort of caught the old episode. And I was bored to tears, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it's not necessarily the sort of programme that I'd watch, but no, obviously I'm... people who like that sort of drama. Yes, I, I, I'm not its target audience, let's be honest. No. Um, so Matt Smith, he's up against Martin Freeman and Benedict Cumberbatch uh, from Sherlock. And I see Martin Freeman getting a, a nod as best for best drama performance. Yeah, it seems to have been overlooked, really, hasn't yeah. he? In the... Glad he's getting one there. Um, Kevin Waitley for Lewis, uh, Kenneth Branagh, or... Ken- Sir Kenneth, as they call it, I have to. <laughs> um, I can't remember how the um, oh, how was it the Far Show pronounced Kenneth Branagh? Now there's some weird poncy way they said his name. I can't, it was the two no, the suits you guys. Yeah. Oh, Kenneth Branagh, that was it. <laughs> like John Pertwee. <laughs> um, yeah, he's up for uh, obviously not it for Wallander or Valander. Um, Mark Warren for Without You. Colin Morgan for Merlin. Uh, Hugh Bonneville for Downton Abbey. Personally, I would have nominated him for 2012. Yeah. Because he was brilliant in that. Uh, Daniel Mays for Mrs. Biggs. Uh, you might remember Daniel Mays from uh, Night Terrors from the last season. And Martin Clunes for A Mother's Son. And quickly run through this. Karen Gillan's up against Gillian uh, Anderson for Great Expectations. Uh, Claire Danes for Homeland. Amelia Fox for Silent Witness. Uh, Leslie Sharp and Saran Jones uh, for Scott and Bailey. Obviously, you remember Leslie Sharp from Midnight and Saran Jones from A Doctor's Wife. And Sinetra Sarka for Casualty. And mm. I believe it was Sinetra Sarka who was in uh, Dinosaurs on a Spaceship a couple of weeks ago. She was the, the woman in charge of the Indian Space Agency. Yes. So, um, there we go. There we go. So, the awards itself will be held in on, on the 23rd of January next year and it will be live on ITV1 so uh, as I say get voting get voting for Doctor Who of course right um, actually, actually it's, it's on ITV and Downton Abbey 1 mmm mmm mm. <laughs> are you are you accusing them of match fixing here Paul no no not at all <laughs> alleged I thought you say it's alleged. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they wouldn't do that and give an award to Anton Deck that they shouldn't get. <laughs> well, they've won every sodding year, haven't they? And they, oh, God knows how they, they way outstayed their welcome, as far as I'm concerned. But didn't they? Didn't they get the award though one year, and it was discovered afterwards it shouldn't have gone to them? Yeah, that that was rigged, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that was rigged. Oh dear. Right. Okay. Um, quickly, 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 run through um, some big finish releases for September. Um, we have four for this month, and first one is Gods and Monsters, which, looking at Twitter, some people really listen to, so it must already be, because we're nearly through September, yeah. um, you know, we must, uh, must all be released, but we've got Gods and Monsters, which is a Seventh Doctor story, and that one features the return of Fenric, which sounds interesting, uh, The Burning Prince, which is a Fifth Doctor story, Project Nirvana, which is a Seventh Doctor story, and Rose Mariners, which is one of the uh, Lost Stories um, series, which is uh, a Second Doctor, on which this has got Fraser Hines and Wendy Pabry in it as well. Mm. So um, 
So head on over to Big Finish if you want to uh, want to purchase them. Right. Oh, oh Paul, can, can you hear that? Can you hear that? It's, it's a voice calling across from the antimatter universe. You pester me with trinkets! All oh, right, well, that, that signals Omega's Tat Corner. So there we go. He, he, he beat us to it this week. He's impatient. Yeah. He's been away for a couple of weeks. And he, he was, he's got itchy feet. Feeling impatient. He was getting very impatient. He rants a lot more, didn't he? So let's, let's, let's shut him up, shall we? Right. We have first, and they're going in order of, of well, importance, really, <laughs> this week. So, <laughs> An odd, odd, odd phrase. What is important? I, I know. It was important about this tat. Okay, right. Well, first up, we've got, uh, on the BBC shop, you can now buy life-size and hand-built Dalek replicas. And they're, they're, they're sort of built as official reproduction props as well. Now, um... Here's, here's the killer. You can buy a black Dalek, um, which is, in other words, Dalek... We were trying to discuss it before. It was Dalek Sec, wasn't it, was the black Dalek? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. okay. Which is obviously one of the RTD-era Daleks. And you can also buy a bronze Dalek um, from the RTD-era. Look very nice, very, very, um, very authentic. It will cost you, for either of those Daleks, £3,495 plus delivery. What now, if you want to pick them up? Can you do <laughs> Can you save a bit of money? What our listeners, are they fainted at the cost of those? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> right, now, now you pick yourself up, up, up off the floor. Um, you can also buy a classic Death of the Daleks Dalek as well, which has got the nice um, silver and black um, livery, which I, I quite like that Dalek, actually. I always did like that one. That will cost you £2,995 plus delivery. Oh, bargain. That's the, that's the, that's the cheap one, Okay. Right, um, that's that's you all over though, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, um, you don't want cheap, and you don't want the middling prices from the other two Daleks. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, you can have them, the Ironside uh, Dalek uh, from Victory the Daleks. That will cost you three thousand six hundred ninety-five pounds plus delivery. What was that thud? <laughs> <laughs> that was Paul fainting. <laughs> My God. No, no, um, no, that was just me getting my checkbook out. <laughs> was, that the, was that the weight of all the dead moths hitting the floor, was it? <laughs> <laughs> right, well, they um, it says here uh, they are hand-built to order, so I've got absolutely no idea how long they, they take to get to you. Um, they've all got the original, made from the original moulds and specifications. Um, they stand at 5 foot 3 inches. It says it comes in a range of authentic colours and a range of original features. Uh, oh, great, you've got a gun. Yes. Um, you've got, uh, the arms are mounted on ball joints, allowing them to be moved. The plunger arm could be extended in and out. Ooh. And the dome could be rotated 360 degrees. Uh, the addition of wheels in the base make it easier to move around. Oh, that's handy. Well, for that price, I want John Scott Martin to be sitting in it. But... <laughs> Um, so can you go down to the shops in it? Ah, <laughs> uh, well, no, well, no. Here it says, unfortunately, it is not a ride in a Dalek, so you oh. can't take it for a spin. But it looks and feels exactly like the ones made by the BBC props department, and will make quite a statement in your living room. <laughs> it would do, because it probably take up most of my living room. Exactly. <laughs> right. Okay. And the next piece of tat this week. Uh, now, we, this one appears to have um, appears to have passed us by. There was uh, another Forbidden Planet exclusive. Uh, this was a Pyramids of Mars collector's set, uh, which actually retails for nineteen ninety nine, and included in this uh, collector's set. You have... now, now they know stuff's going for three grand. Yeah. Planet <laughs> <laughs> are now going to start putting their prices up even so more. We've, 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 I say I'm going down order of, of cost here, you see. So I started, I started at the high end, and now I'm sort of... Yeah. This, is, this is the middle range stuff of this week. Um, included in this set, you have got uh, two mummies... With the gold bandages on, they were sort of like the uh, the guards in in the pyramid, uh, and a Sutek figure. Now, the Sutek figure has got the jackal head. Yes, not the helmet. Not the helmet, which I thought would, would have looked a lot better, personally. Unless there is one, and I don't know about it. Yes, does does it come with stagehand's hand that just disappears <laughs> behind him as he gets up? As I say, of course, this figure isn't poseable either. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's just um, yeah. I, okay, it, if that's what you want, fine. But I, if I was going to buy that, I thought, where, where's that? Where's, where's my Sutek figure with the helmet? Because that's a pretty cool looking 
vision, really. Coming soon if this one sells well, Adafon. <laughs> yeah, you can buy it again. <laughs> yes, yeah. with helmet. With helmet. Now, and two mummies without the gold sash. Can you buy them already? You probably can. Probably can. Yeah, yeah. Now uh, the next one. Now, now we're going. Down, well, now we're going slipping further down into the lower end of Tat. Now, you see, you um, bobbleheads. <laughs> you can buy a canine bobblehead figure. Um, apparently, this is the the first ever Doctor Who bobblehead. It spotlights uh, canine. It's seven inches long uh, in scale with a resin bobblehead. And it says here, is sure to delight that Doctor Who fanatic in your life. <laughs> Guess what my wife's buying me for Christmas. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that is um, not going to be expected for release until the 28th of January 2013. Oh dear. <laughs> and it, How can that Doctor Who fanatic in your life wait? I know. Well, you can get 13% off at the moment if you pre-order it. Um, right. You can buy it for thirteen ninety nine. Ah. Yeah. However, the photograph on the, on the Forbidden Planet website does say, um, prototype is not final product, subject to licence approval. Yes. So, right. so it may not even come out. <laughs> it may just come out as a normal dog. <laughs> it may come out as that bloody awful um, poochy version of canine that we, we've currently yeah. got. Yeah. Um, right, now, this is the one. Um, now, you don't know about this one, Paul. No. All I've told you it is a Doctor Who gift set. Okay, now what it appears to be, this appears to be sort of um, bath time related, right? Okay, so um, there's it's sort of a little pack of things that you can put into um, into the water and have and have fun with. Um, <laughs> okay, now the reason I say that I use the word fun because um, included in this gift set you've got a water ball. Now look mm-hmm. at the it appears to be like a little Dalek inside it. Um, Dalek figures. Again, I don't know what they, what they do, if they flow or, or whatever. You've got a um, a Tardis fizzer, <laughs> which yeah. which includes a random figure in size, like a Kinder egg, <laughs> right? What this thing does, I, I don't know. A Tardis fizzer, and but this is more. This is my favourite. You can also play in the bath with your water wriggler, <laughs> right? And again, I don't know what that is. What what is a water wriggler? <laughs> yes. Okay. So fine. you've got your water wriggler and a TARDIS fizzer. So mm. to me, they're just like farting in the bath, really, isn't it? That's. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll tell you what. Buy yourself a can of can of beans, right? For a few pence, sit in the bath, and you can have a lot of fun <laughs> with with your own water wriggler and fizzing options. <laughs> And save yourself eleven pounds ninety nine pence. Hmm. Okay, um, that is that can be pre ordered if you if you wish to have this this piece of tat. Um, it's expected on the thirty first of October this year. Okay, right. The final piece of tat. I said there was a lot to get through this week. Um, whilst you're in the bath with your fizzer and your wriggler, um, you can have some expandable flannels as well. Yes, nice. <laughs> Well, was when you mentioned this to me, I did say earlier, is that for, as in flannels, that for washing, or was that if you're Peter Davison and they're going to do, be back for the 50th anniversary? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that middle-aged spread. <laughs> he's per- I like to start to think he's got a personal dresser now, so <laughs> the expandable flannels. <laughs> <laughs> the elasticated waist. Yes. <laughs> now, it's... Uh, these these flannels are, look at the photo. They appear to be in some sort of little. Um, you've, you've got like a, a Dalek on one and a Cyberman on the other one, and they appear to be in some sort of little um, like a little ho- hockey puck, ice hockey puck. Um, and I'm assuming you drop them in water and they expand, and then you can wash your extremities. <laughs> I don't know. So um, yeah, so that's available next Sunday, the 30th of September. Right. So you can pre-order it now um, for three pounds ninety nine. That's a saving of thirty three percent there. It was originally retailed for five ninety eight. Mm. Yeah, there you go. That was that was an action packed news item this week. It was crikey. Okay, well that's been going on for basically half an hour now. This is going to be a long podcast. This one, Jesus Christ. Okay, then, folks. So that was the uh, that was the news. So coming up will be our review of the Power of Three. <laughs>
Okay then folks, it's time for a review of The Power of Three. How long were they away? I don't know what you're talking about, Brian. Because they're wearing totally different clothes from earlier. Seven weeks. I got sidetracked. A lot. What happened to the other people who travel with you? Some left me. Some got left behind. And some... Not many, but... Some died. Not them, not them, Brian. Never them. Right, Paul. Um, I worked first last week. Yep, so it's my turn not to like it, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Right, this rating system, it's it's not working. Okay, right. What, what, What did you think? Uh, um, I'm still not sure. The whole of this series has been a case of I'm not totally sure what I think about these episodes. Mm. I think they're slow burn episodes, I think. Yeah, it, it appears to be a bit of a, a, a Marmite series so far. Yeah, the... but I think I think in hindsight, I start to think, I'll, even the ones that I've said I'm not overly keen on, I've tended to think in hindsight, oh, I don't know why I don't like that one. Mm. And I think this is going to be the same, actually. All right, okay. It's very much centred on the Doctor and... Amy and Rory's relationship, isn't it? Rather it is, than yeah, yeah, as much a story of what's happening externally. It's more about them than the alien invasion, really, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we only really get to the alien. In- well, I mean, to a certain extent, there's bits and pieces, but it's you're not really sure what's going on with those. They're just instrumental in the bringing along conversations between the main characters, aren't they? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And as such, it's then difficult really to judge. I find it difficult to judge whether I've this is an episode really. Oh, right, okay. Um, I think I'm erring to liking it. I, I personally loved it. Yeah? I, I really, really enjoyed this one. It's, it's been the shortest episode so far, 45 minutes. But it didn't, and it did, it was a bit manic in places, both because you, you were fitting in basically like a. Almost like a whole year, weren't you? Well, I mean, this to me had the feeling for most of it up until about the last ten minutes mm. as the first episode of a two-parter. It probably could have done with that if they wanted to, but then I don't know. I'm I, not sh- quite sure how you'd have it, where it would have gone in the second half. It'd have been one of those ones <clears> where you find oh, the second half's a disappointment. I think possibly. It was, and I, but I, it did. It sort of was paced like that, wasn't it? You had a lot of the what was going on, just generally up to the point. And normally, you'd get to the point where, when the cubes start counting down, mm. that then would have been next week. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Actually, yeah. Um, no, I, I, I thought it actually worked quite, quite well, really. Because I say it wasn't, as you say, it wasn't really about the invasion. It was more about the. Um, the Doctor, Amy, and Rory. Yeah, um, and it's more about the the effects that he has on their life. Yes, more than anything and, else. And, and yeah, generally, and what <clears throat> their what decisions they have to make in their life. Yeah, that's it. And I, I thought that was it's sort of. I personally feel that if this has all been, if the fir- these first few episodes have all been about the you know the build up to the ponds leaving, it, there should have been more episodes like this. Yeah, well, it needed. You feel it's, this is actually the the setup to. In some ways, this may well be slightly a two parter in the setup to what is happening. Yeah, next you, week. Well, do you know what? The, I think the, that this would have made a better if they hadn't done all the you know, the ponds are splitting up stuff in some of the Daleks. I think this would have been a better season opener because um, it, would, it would have been a better setup. Yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting because we have just totally. That whole instance with their relationship breaking up just sort of was resolved in one scene, wasn't it, in it was, Asylum? Yeah. And now from then on, it's just been the happy couple again. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, was, it was dealt with far too quickly. Yeah. Far too quickly. Um, but I think, you know, there the probably didn't, there wasn't any really any need for the, all that gubbins about the pond spirit. Because it didn't, as we said, it didn't really go anywhere, did it? No. So I think this would have been better. As a series, had, had more to do with the fact of the Doctor 
um, sort of flitting in and out of their lives. Because yeah. according to this, it's been like 10 years or something, hasn't it? In in their timeline. Yeah. Um, which I thought was quite... That was quite interesting, actually. Um, but I think it just would have been better that way. Because yeah. the whole thing's about the build-up to them leaving. And so, it's interesting. Yeah. You wonder what all of these originally were done in, because you had the reference back to Henry VIII, didn't you? Yeah. Um, but we'd already been speaking about leaving the phone charger. That was in last week's episode. Last wasn't week's it? episode. So, what yeah. order did that happen? Yeah, and I, I mean, it's like the lots of the puns actually making sort of commitments in the real world as well. Yeah. Sort of Although like, you wonder about that hospital and how it kept, keeps going. Various people disappear for months and then come back and carry on working. I was going to say, how did he keep his job for a start? Yeah. But oh well. Um, you know, that's, that's got to be great for the person who's covering him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> He's not in that... again today. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm working but... double shifts for four months. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just the thing on the back of that, he was actually asked, well, we'd like you to stay permanently. <laughs> yes. I wish I could get a job like I'm that. I'm going to try that one, yeah. I'm not going to go into work for four months and see how they take it. <laughs> and um, Amy's a journalist now. Yes. Now, there's no evidence of that, but <laughs> oh. you've gone from um, face of a perfume in the previous yeah. series, to modelling at the beginning of this series, and now you're a journalist. Hmm. And a travel journalist. Yeah, okay. Which tends to suggest that, it's interesting, if he's now holding down his hospital job, she's away a lot. That's what it sounds like. Oh, well, it, it, it was just a, a thing to sort of give them roots, wasn't it, in yeah. in, in, in the, the real world. Perhaps it's, you wonder whether he just thought, oh, is this just a bit too much saying she's a model? Wanted to give her a bit more of a criticisms about the companions just looking good. Could be, could be a bit something a bit more grounded, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah could be. But uh, I say it was. It's a very, very brief mention. I, I dare say a lot of people are going to pick up on that now, as, as Doctor Who fans tend to obsess over the, the most minute of details. But uh, yes, um, well, we've talking about it for a couple of minutes. Exactly. Anyway. <laughs> we managed to stretch it out, haven't we? So, <laughs> um, yeah, I'd say. You know, I just feel that this this type of story should have been the backbone of these first five episodes. If it's going to be about the ponds leaving, because last week they weren't used, no, at all, apart from Amy giving the Doctor a pep talk. That was yeah. it. Which makes me wonder whether they were these were sort of switched actually, though, because they didn't want the episode with the pond not used much mm. to precede the one where they exit. Yeah, could be. It's to make you actually really appreciate them, and then. Well, yeah, I mean, I think you know, as far as I'm concerned, this this episode, you know, did that. Really, yeah. it really did. It, it was just, um, as I say, I, I keep going on about it, and I, I shall stop. And I shall stop saying it now. But I say this: this is what this series has been crying out for, to me anyway. But yeah, um, I can't believe that it's two Chris Chibnall's episodes. I'm defending. Yes. <laughs> I no, can't... I mean, I'm not, I'm not attacking it. There's actually, usually when you've watched these episodes and we know we're going to talk about them, you yeah. end up thinking, right, okay, don't like that, don't like that, don't like that. Mm. And I actually haven't got many, much no, I don't like on this. No, I haven't. I, I Actually, it's one of those so, episodes, you know, we were saying last that, week. That, that, that symbol that it's actually a good episode. Well, you know, as we were saying last week that um, none of the episodes so far have actually sort of grabbed me and yeah. for me to be able to make an immediate sort of decision to say I like it I don't like it I've had to watch it a couple of times to make an opinion this is the first episode where I haven't had to do that I watched it the first time when it aired last night and I loved it yeah I thought it was I thought it was a great episode and then so my only criticism really is the fact it was just a little bit too manic yeah and which, they... which we've already discussed it could possibly have been a two-parter yeah I still in hindsight now I think on that I just don't know where they'd have gone with the second, I don't think the alien invasion story was strong enough to no. I think support a second episode, which the second episode would have had to have been about. If they'd have played up the alien invasion a bit more, yeah, for argument's sake, for for like episode one, and then the payoff to that would have been episode two. But so the whole thing was about the ponds more than a yeah, an yeah. Alien I mean, that invasion. was, just, just, that was that secondary, was just incidental, wasn't it? Yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, but the whole thing about you know, the doctor coming to stay. As well, again, that was a little bit, um, you know, the Doctor being busy, 
that was a little bit too much and probably a bit unnecessary. You know, yeah. all the fence painting and the and the, the keepy uppies and hoovering and mowing the lawn and whatever. And it yeah. only took him in, an hour. There's bits yeah. that you actually thought it didn't need. No, it didn't Slightly. need that. I mean, not not that they was bad or whatever, just that you thought, in terms of the pacing, didn't need those to keep going. Mm. Yeah. And I'm yeah. also thinking about the, the box that's playing the birdie song as to why. Why it was doing that, I... I... Actually, I can. I can... It's, it's, try, it's trying to say about hate in humans. <laughs> well, that does raise a certain level of ire amongst a lot of people. I've got to be honest, yes. uh, and quite rightly so. But um, I, I, that's a, what I have liked about this episode. I knew absolutely nothing about it before I watched it. I've managed to avoid all the promotional stuff released by the BBC. I didn't watch any trailers that yeah. have been released during the week. Absolutely nothing, and I think I enjoyed it. All the more because of that. Yeah, I think there's a certain sense of if you're not predetermined to do your opinion. Yeah, because there's been a lot of sort of Doctor Who news sites, and that's their job. They bring you all the Doctor Who news there is, which includes promotional stuff. Yeah, um, and it's actually bit been a wash with it this week, on especially on Twitter. You know, look look at these new promotional images. Look at this new trailer. Blah blah blah, and. And fine if people want want that fine, but I I I've ignored it this time round. Yeah, and I'm going to do that for the next episode as well, for that matter. Yeah, no, I think that's the best way to watch these things because you 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 tend to build in a certain either mistrust of the episode mm. from the from the clips, or you hype it yourself to a point that it's never going to live up to. Well, I think that's been the, the, my problem with the, with the previous. Um, I think that was always slightly going to be the problem with Asylum of the Daleks, wasn't it? Oh, definitely, because that one was really built up as a um, as an absolute classic. But... And probably your problem with a, a town called Mercy as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Maybe I just need to watch them again. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think I'm going to do that once this series is finished. Just actually, just sit down and watch them, yeah. just to watch well, we, them without well, thinking about. Yeah, well, I should do that for our because obviously them. we're going to do a sort of mid series review in a couple of weeks so um, yeah that's that's the ideal time see if I've changed my mind at all mm. but uh, here we go um, now one thing um, that was and then we get on to unit yes unit um, nice to see that actually what I was going to say before we get into unit I think that the, the best thing is um, Brian Williams again yeah and I think he's been Mark Williams has <laughs> confusing Brian Williams Mark Williams um I think Mark Williams has been... Well, this season's Bernard Cribbins. Yeah. If you see what I mean. He's filling that role quite well, isn't he? Yeah. And I just liked his little um, speech to Amy and Rory at the end. Yeah. And actually, the conversation with him and the Doctor about what happens to you, the compact of other people that have travelled with you. Yeah, see it. That was great. Yeah. That was really great. And I think... Doctor Who does need, and I mean, television's obsessed with um, youth all the time, and everybody's got to be young and, and handsome and pretty and whatever. And this just proves that you know, You're still not getting those jobs. I'm still not getting those jobs. No, <laughs> no it's um... <laughs> uh... <laughs> after the comments we got from last week. Little Earn, <laughs> write us a script, <laughs> a play what you wrote. <laughs> It's um, now. I think you need characters and actors. You need older characters. You need older actors. Yeah. In in stuff aimed at children, it's not all about youth and running around and having a, a good time and bright and colourful. Um, you know, if if you want to be educational, you need older people in it. Yeah, and not just there as the authority figure. No, no, he was just a voice of reason. Yeah. Wasn't he? And yeah, someone who was just concerned about yeah, Rory and, that, and Amy, and yeah, that's it. And a little bit of comic relief sure with, his, um, with his uh, box watching. Yeah, a little bit of uh, comic relief there, but no, he was. I think he was used well. He's just that sort of character. He's sort of like one of those. Well, he's he's a nerd. <laughs> yeah, really, <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. No, but yeah, he's. I think it's a great character, and I think it, it's a. Uh, I'm assuming he's not going to be in it. Next week, because it's sitting. No, New I did, York, I did, I did start to actually wonder whether he was actually going to go, and they might that might have been the cop out as the 
person that gets affected next week. Could be. But it doesn't seem to be, does it? I no, it doesn't. I suspect we're now going to go a off shame. three it's of them. It's a shame, because I'd like to have seen more more of that character, and, and I just sort of um, feel quite sad that he's, he hasn't had his sort of um, a proper turn in the TARDIS. No. Yeah. Oh, well, it's a shame. It's a shame. But uh, you never know what's going to happen. We don't know what's happening next year, do we? No. We, we could have a, a guilty doctor. We, we don't even know how the ponds leave it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, anyway, yes, you was, you was, before we got on to the subject of Brian, unit. Yes. Always glad. I, yeah, I was to say, always glad to see them back. Yeah, and it has to be said, I know that's aimed at us. Yes. But it did tick the box there, I think. It did. Um, also, talking about things aimed at us, Zygons. Yes. That was, I thought that was great. <laughs> I'm surprised, actually, that nobody at these question answers did turn around and say, oh, yes, there'd be, there'd be Zygons in the new series. <laughs> well, there were. We just didn't see them. I know, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, just to, we just didn't see them. So there set, you are. We did Twitter mad. We did get Zygons in the new series. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, that was great. That was great. Um, I liked the character of Kate Stewart as well. Shame she wasn't in it a bit more. Yeah, but you, they, they can now set her up as a you'd have thought a reoccurring character if they want to. I hope so. I do hope so. Um, it seems, seems a bit silly to give her the, the backstory and then, if you're not then going to... Yeah. I, like, I mean, I like the whole thing that she dropped the Lethbridge from the Lethbridge Stewart so she didn't get any favours. Yeah. Um, which is a very brigadier thing to do. Yes. You know. Um, but the th- and that he would, have, he would have pointed her towards science and... Yeah. Whatever. Because... He decided that was the yeah, the, the mili- answer to yeah. humanity's problems. Exactly, that the military way wasn't always the best solution because he did all, yeah. usually come unstuck, didn't he? When yeah. he when he deployed a military solution to something. So um, yeah, I thought I thought that was great. I really did think that was great. And but the thing was though, with that, it, all the way through, I just think they really did miss a trick of not getting Nick Courtney into Doctor Who when he was in reasonably good health. Yeah, that they pass up on the chance to do it. And you think this is this is the, the, the nod, isn't it? They never really actually had a chance to even have a nod to him other than the actual acknowledging his passing away. Yeah, well, I suppose there's probably only one time they could have really um, sort of done that was probably in some of Alien, sort of um, Aliens of London. Yeah. But I suppose at that stage, being the first series, they were trying to... I know they were sort of putting, you know, mentioning unit and things like that, but... They would, at that time, I think they were trying to put their own mark on the show. Keeping a they? certain distance. Exactly. They're sort of nods to the past, but not actually dragging yeah. back our previous actors. That yeah. probably would have been the one and only time they could have possibly brought him back. Yeah. But is, now, yeah, yeah, it's just nice to sort of acknowledge. Yeah. And I hope. I hope art we, is played now. Yeah. And I just like the, the fact that there is still a Lethbridge Stewart in yeah. the Doctor Who universe that's, the, that's, that's at unit. Yeah. And they can. Like I say, they can now go back if they want to and sort of have that sort of relationship back with the Doctor, can't they? Yeah, that's it. That's it. Now, actually, we sort of briefly talked about the first series of Doctor Who there. This story reminds me a lot of an RTD-era story. Cause you Using had, media. Yeah, you had the media, you had celebrity cameos Yeah. as well, um, and then shots of different buildings and monuments from around the world. Yeah. Yeah, it's very much... Well, actually, it was very much like the first, the Rise of the Cybermen. Yes, it was, wasn't episode, it? wasn't it? Yeah. So this, so this, uh, this show, we've got Professor Brian Cox. Yeah. Um, who is probably the most? He, to me, he just represents the colour beige. Yeah. Brian Cox. Yeah, I, I can't watch him. <laughs> yeah, all right. I really can't okay. watch him. Um, and, and of course, Alan Sugar. Yeah. Or Sir Alan Sugar. So the uh, what? What was he? The eighty. What? It was ninetieth. Ninetieth, the 90th most yeah. influential person in the media. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I didn't mind that bit with him trying to get him getting the you know the Apprentice contestants to sell the cubes. Which, although you'd think if they're just dropped, they're just everywhere. Yeah. How was they going to sell them? Well, that's the whole point of the Apprentice, isn't it? 
I know, but <laughs> that's you've got to give some sort of chance. Alan Sugar's been doing it for years with Amstrad. I've, I've got 20 of them at home. Yes, I'll buy one, which I got for free. Yes, I'll buy one from you. Yeah, but Alan Sugar's the king of selling crap. Yes. <laughs> it's black plastic here and it doesn't work. <laughs> or it only works for 47 minutes. It's about right. That's an Amstrad product for you, then. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. That that was that was using them as, as in the Cyberman one, where they had sort of ghosts in EastEnders, weren't it? Yeah, yeah, that's right. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. Obviously, it wasn't anything as ridiculous as that. It, it yeah. was Yeah, it, it wasn't. So, yeah, you didn't have like a, a scene in EastEnders where you had loads of cubes sitting on the the table in the Queen Vic. Yeah. Or anything like that. You know, you, you just saw these cubes were there, and then over a period of time, they were just used as everyday objects weren't they yeah I mean mercifully the actual media bits were quite short weren't they yeah and, and no Trinity Wells <laughs> no didn't get Trinity Wells oh well um, yeah so and he's saying the, yeah, go the Professor Warcock's thing to go in there was saying you know oh, it needs someone better than me mm. and then it cuts to the, the doctor, doctor looking yeah. at it it's quite I thought it was quite a good yeah it was quite good yeah yeah. No, there's, there's something about Brian Cox. I don't, not not the actor, Professor Brian Cox. Um, I don't know something about. I, I can't watch him. No, for some no. reason. Yeah, just can't watch him. But oh well. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's that's the thing. I thought it, it made for a very very entertaining episode. Yeah, I really did. I think the whole thing was 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 great. Um, now you got to the when you actually get onto the onto the spaceship. Um, I thought that looked. That was interesting. I thought it was an interesting um, set design. Yeah. I thought criminally, criminally underused, but I thought Stephen Burkhoff was su- supremely creepy. Yeah, I think the whole thing of that was... I, the only problem I have with this whole episode was the solution was so quick and easy. Yes, it was. Um, but actually, before we come to that, the, the whole thing on the spaceship when he meets what's he called the Shakri. Yeah. And he's talking about the tally and everything. Now I want to know what what did you think as soon as that scene started? What what sprung into your mind? Did any, um, other, did, did, it, did any other TV show spring into your mind at that point? Not overly. Right. Okay. I will say Space Nineteen Ninety Nine. Mm, why? What if what? First, first series of Space Nineteen Ninety Nine? They always used to go onto different worlds, different spaces, yeah. and it was always weird and quiet with some weird. Person walking around, usually with a big head, as well, <laughs> and flowing robes. And the way it was done, it was just creepy. It was, it was. It, as soon as I saw it, I thought Space Nineteen Ninety Nine, and someone else thought the same thing on on Twitter, right, last night as well. I just immediately thought it just reminded me of like Commander Koenig um, walking around some soft focus shot <laughs> set, um, talking to Peter Cushing or, or Christopher Lee or something. All sort of popped. It just reminded me of that. Mm. But no, someone would have had to have died from eating a strange berry, though, wouldn't they? First, <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it just it just right. evoked no, that, that, that so much for me. I mean, what, I mean, watch it again. And obviously, I, I planted that yeah. that seed in your mind now. But um... it's going gonna, it's gonna to grow a strange berry. That's gonna <laughs> it's going to kill you. <laughs> no, it just it just so much reminded me of that. And I, I don't know if it would, for people who haven't watched Space in 1999, um, it probably, probably won't mean a, a thing. Uh, but only from the first season. Because yeah. the third, first season, it was it was mysterious more than... Because the, the second season was taken over by uh, Fred Friedberger. Um, yeah, got, Monsters episode. Yeah, exactly. Monster of the Week thing. Um, yeah. Which, that's how he ruined Star Trek, the original series. Um, anyway, back to Doctor Who. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, just a shame he wasn't used a bit more during the episode. But yeah, as we I said, mean, it was, there, it there just was it, that was just it? did seem that whole bit getting onto the spaceship did seem then to be rushed, didn't it? Mm. Now, that that's my problem with this episode. I think. Yeah, and probably my only problem with this episode is that bit, as in you never quite know what they were taking people to the ship for. I was going to say the hospital. I mean, yeah, what were those two? Um, alien orderlies. Yeah. About why were they taking people? Yeah. 
Um, if the cubes were then meant to be the things that was finding out about humanity, yeah, why did they need? To, why was they taking people for what seemed to be several months? Yeah, exactly. Uh, that didn't make any any sense at all. No, that really. And didn't. the fact then that they just get left to be blown up. Uh no, that no, they did get them all out. Did they? Yeah, that was, it was. If you look, I think if you look behind, they're all um, all the the trolleys have been pushed out. I think. Right, because I can only remember. Because I was quite sure, sure the doctor told to get everybody out. Right, and it was done rather quickly. <laughs> yeah, rather quickly. Um, actually, what I did like was the look on um, Brian Williams' face when he was As being trolley. Tro- tro- saw that alien there. I thought that was great. <laughs> yeah, but as you say, it was dealt with far too quickly. Um, and we're back to basically the sonic screwdriver can sort anything out. Yeah, that's it. Which was a bit of a a bit of a cop out. Yeah, a cop out really. I was also going to say that the other re- thing I found ridiculous as well was um, okay that the doctor's heart, one of his hearts stopping, I should say. Yeah. Um, and he had to be, and Amy found that defibrillator. That was just actually they've just got sitting... massive heart attack problems. Although one third of the population has suffered heart attacks. Yeah, and you've left them. So, left so they've one... just left a defibrillator lying in a corridor. In a corridor. It's not being used. Yeah, they're always doing that in hospitals. Yeah, Crikey. they don't need that at the moment because there's only thousands and thousands of people that need to be brought round. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that was kind of ridiculous, and also the fact and, and wouldn't it have stopped his other heart as much as well? Yeah, restart the exactly. Um, it's one just that stopped. Yeah, considering it was a massive electrical charge that stopped everybody's hearts. Yeah, the whole point is that you're actually trying to restart the heart. With a... the chances are, if you if you use it on someone whose heart's working, you'll kill them. Exactly, and. Also, without the gel pack, yeah, um, she would have um, burnt the doctor as well. Yes, but there you go. She didn't even charge it up, either, did she? No, <laughs> it was literally padded. But that's off, why she didn't bang. burn him. Maybe it was. Yeah, <laughs> it was the placebo effect with him, wasn't it? It, 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 was, just a, it was just a bit cold. He <laughs> <laughs> thought he'd been. He'd had his heart started, so it had worked. <laughs> it's made him jump. So we can't. So even if we like an episode, we can't stop criticizing it. But it was just, it was just silly little things like that, wasn't it? That, yeah, there was just little bits, really. That yeah, you sort of thought, oh well, you know. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, that was a bit. Strange. And plus the other fact as well, people did seem to recover from their heart attacks very quickly. Yes, I mean, and up getting up, and getting up, not even just coming round, but actually getting up and walking off. By oh, the way, no, it's just sort of. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if anyone's actually sort of knows anyone who's had a heart attack, but I mean, you know, they will tell you exactly what it's like to recover from, and it's not up and up, up and at them straight away. Christ. No. Um, yeah. So, but that was that was possibly my only real sort of criticisms, to be honest. Um, there's uh, there's other little things I liked was that um, the doctor Amy Roy sitting down eating fish custard. Yeah. Then him admitting he, he invented Yorkshire pudding. Yeah. And then just saying, "Well, we'll think about it." It's a pudding, but it's savoury. As he's holding the fish custard in front of him, yeah, I did. I liked that. I thought that was quite. Um, and I thought, well, why not? <laughs> to be honest, why not? Also, little reference. That's the thing. It's all full of little, little references that, like K nine, yeah, got a nod this week as well. He had a, he had a metal dog that could uh, that could hover. Yeah, so no, I thought that was good. I thought that was really good. Um, oh, no, actually, the other thing I thought was a bit silly. Um, did no one think to ask why that little girl was sitting in A and E all that time? Yeah, and, and and what really the whole point of that was? Because she was there for months. <laughs> I know. Oh dear! The cube that was working. Yeah, no one took any notice, and her face no. turned blue now and again. But um... yeah. <laughs> but but what was the point of that? That is almost as if like that should be. Never. That was not explained. No, it wasn't meant to be some sort of um, sort of just an observer sort of thing. Yeah, but why? Yeah, I, oh, I don't know. Just, Why do you need that if you've got the cubes that are? That's I think that's the problem with with with, with a lot of Doctor Who sometimes, and 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 I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm using okay. Chris Chibnall wrote it, but it does seem to do that. It sort of drops things in because it, it oh that'll be good without any rhyme or reason for it being there. You mean you wonder whether there's a lot of stuff that actually gets edited out, and then little bits that would have made that character. Hmm. Um, well, we'll never Useful, know. We'll never know. Whatever. Really. Because they, they get, don't get get lost. Because they don't seem to. Well, in the new Doctor Who 
DVD releases, they don't seem to go in for extended and deleted scenes that much, do they? No, but it, but, but I mean, it might just go in the script editing stage. Mm, could do. But then the character remains, so... That's just bad script editing, if that's the case. Yeah, but I, mean, I suppose they might think, oh, well, it does sort of work, but mm. the, the real main scene or whatever doesn't yeah. play out. Well, I mean, as we like, said... Like in the fact of why are they taking people onto the ship? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's about as useful as that, isn't it? Yeah, it was never never explained, was it? No. So, but I'd say, it, it was just... This week, it was just very, very minor little things that I... Unless actually wanted a, a, a statement at the state of the NHS. <laughs> people sit in A&E for a year. <laughs> if it was, that was a little bit heavy-handed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and actually, before... So we, I think we, have we basically finished now, really, because I think we probably discussed one to death, but I just want to say, I thought Matt Smith was utterly fantastic this week. Yeah. I really did. I, I just, thought we start to take him for granted, actually. Yeah, um, he was absolutely brilliant. I thought the the two little scenes, for the first one with Brian, when he was talking about um, how many, what happens to his companions. Yeah. Um, over the years, and the scene with him and Karen Gillan when they're yeah. sitting sitting by the Thames. I, yeah. I thought that was that was a really really nice little scene there, and I thought yeah. the dialogue was really good as well. I think yeah. give. give Chris Chibnall's Jew on this one, and also to be honest, when he's explaining that he knows who Kate Stewart is, yeah, yeah, again, it, there was no, it just didn't say, you didn't. That's the thing I liked. He didn't say the brigadier, no. He just mentioned the, the drop. Why did you drop the Lethbridge Stewart? Yeah, and then it didn't didn't have to didn't overly explain the back no. story or anything. So and you I, didn't lose like the. That. Yeah, I like the new that. listeners, but watchers, but yeah. the old series watchers would instantly know. Yeah, I just like the the, the fact if you know, you know. Yeah, really, and I I, I think it was great just being left at that. It just yeah. it just sort of mentioned oh about you mentioned oh your father and yeah, and, and that was it. That's all it. That's all it needed. I thought yeah. that, I thought that was great. It underplayed every, even yeah, it, it did underplay everything to just the right amount. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally and utterly agree with that. Totally agree. So, um, right, shall we? Um, shall we rate this now? Okay. Shall we rate this now? Okay. Um, as I say, I'd love this episode. So, of course, I'm going to give it a cyber leader. Excellent. And I'm going to join you. Excellent. Way. So that's two excellence this week. Yes. We finally agreed. <laughs> you see, I yeah. told you it would work one day. <laughs> <laughs> so for for the first time this series the Who's He podcast gives an episode of Doctor Who we both gets a like a Paul McCartney double thumbs up yes fantastic <laughs> ah well oh that's good that's good right, do you know what I'm actually pleased we both enjoyed it this time mm. I really I don't, I don't think I've, I've I've not enjoyed any episode as such just there's been yeah well no I haven't disliked I've just found them a couple of them to be middling so yeah. far um, but both of the ones I've found to be great have both been the, both been the Chibnall episodes. Yeah. So, yeah, who'd have thought it? Crikey. But now, finally, we agree on something. Yes. There we go. Okay, then, folks. Right. Um, well, next week, we are going to be a little bit late with our podcast. Um, yes. Uh, because you're away, Paul. Yep. And I've got my parents coming to stay. So... Um, I'll be lucky if I'm out. Of, I should be able to watch it, but I won't be able. To, neither of us will be around to record a podcast. I was going to say, feel free to do it with your dad if, in my absence, <laughs> if you like. But, but the, the Rory and Brian of the. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's <laughs> no. So we'll be a bit late. So we're look, possibly looking at next um, the following Monday or Tuesday before yeah. before we sort of um, we're hoping to record on the, on the Monday afterwards, aren't we? Yeah. Um, but I, I don't think it will probably be released until the until the Tuesday now. So, uh, but we'll, we'll see how we go. But it definitely won't. We won't be out this time next week. No. So, um, but there, such is life. Such is life. Okay, then, folks. So, until next time, we'll be back with our review from uh, with sorry, our review of the Ages Take Manhattan um, again, which I know nothing about. No. I'm, yeah, I'm steering clear of everything again this week. So, all the promotional gubbins. So. Uh, 
hopefully we'll uh, we'll enjoy as much as we enjoyed this one. Yes, here's hoping. And of course, it's we say farewell to the ponds next week, and it's also our last episode to review until Christmas. Yes. Oh dear, what are we going to do in the meantime, Paul? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, we'll see. We'll see. We've got plans. We've got plans. We wouldn't, we wouldn't leave our listener without anything to, to get them through, to, would we? We wouldn't leave our listener with anything to not be able to turn off. <laughs> In disgust. <laughs> well, he might want his weekly dose of Librium. Who knows? But... <laughs> okay, folks. Right. Until next time, it is goodbye from me, Phil. And goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye. was the Who's He podcast. Please get in touch with us by emailing feedback at who's-he.co.uk, visit our website at who's-he.co.uk and also follow us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast. The Who's He podcast is a member of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance. <laughs>